Well, this morning, I want us to continue uh, what we began last Sunday. We, we started this series entitled Augmented Reality. Augmented Reality. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans chapter 1. He says, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship the created things rather than the Creator who is forever to be praised. We live, we live in a culture where it's real easy to, to take reality and just kind of bend it a little bit. And, and that happens for a, a lot of reasons. And, 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 and it's, it's fascinating, fascinating the way that our mind will, will do this. Let me, uh, let me share something with you that some of you might know, some of you might not know. But all of us are born, uh, uh, physiologically, we're born with blind spots. Okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close one eye and look at me. All right? Do you see a blind spot? By the way, I have to tell you this in full confession. When I look at you, you look very blurry. Now you're clear. Blurry, clear. Here's the reason why. I wear contact lenses. This contact lens is for close up. This contact lens is for far away. And then together, somehow my, my brain makes it all work together. But like this, very blurry. Like this, very attractive looking group. Well, maybe a little bit more attractive this way. But anyway, in your eye, when you look out of one eye, you have a blind spot. You have a blind spot. And it's actually, it's the place in your eye where the, where the optic nerve connects to the retina. And in that, because, because the optic nerve is there, there the, the retina, there's a, there's a hole there where it, it can't take in images. And yet, when you look out one eye, you don't see it, do you? Now, some people would say, well, it's because the other eye compensates. No, that's not the case. Do you know what happens? Your brain says, here's what we think should be in that, in that blind spot, and your brain makes it up. Right? Seriously, that's the reason why some people look more attractive to you than what they really are, because they're, they're not all that pretty, but they're in your blind spot, and your brain just kind of makes it up. It really is a fascinating thing that our, that our body will compensate and we don't even notice the blind spot in our life. I have found, I can't speak for you, but I, I can tell you that for me, I don't see the relational blind spots. All too often, I miss the behavioral blind spots, the, the impacting my, my testimony blind spots. I, 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 I don't see it. And, and it's not until something or, or someone in my life brings the blind spot to my attention It's oblivious to me. And, and this morning, as I was preparing for our time together, and yesterday, as I was spending some time just looking over my, 
sermon notes for this morning. This week, as I was preparing this message, I found myself over and over again praying for our time together, praying for myself, praying for you, that we would be sensitive to what God wants to do in this moment and that, and that we would give God, that we would give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to honestly and tenderly address those blind spots in our life, right? Those areas where something's missing, but, but we don't see it. Those areas where there's, a, where there's a gap, but we don't recognize it. I'm, I'm greatly concerned, and my, my concerns grow it seems with each passing day with the, with, the, with the tenor of the dialogue in our world today. We, we seem to be living in an environment where people are increasingly critical. Dare I say, even increasingly angry. And I think that for most of us, we don't see it in our life. Oh, we'll, we'll see it in others. But we don't see it in our own life. It's, it's, a lot like, it's a lot like that car that you don't see on I-4. Right? You'll, you'll, you'll look at your peripheral vision, right? You'll check the mirror, rearview mirror, side mirror. You don't see them. You turn on your blinker and you start to change lanes, right? And it's not until you catch them wildly swerving and honking at you and maybe driving by and giving you the stare, right? Or maybe some other gesture that's completely inappropriate in church that you realize, oh, oh, oh my goodness. If only, if only there were some sort of device and actually, the, the automobile industry, they're putting this in more and more cars, right? How many of you have in your car, you have blind spot detection? Okay, raise your hand. Okay. Yeah, that little light that flashes, right? Lights up, maybe it flashes. Some of the newest cars, uh, it, will even, it will even cause your steering wheel to, to turn back to where you don't turn into them. Blind spot detection. It's a... Uh, it's a, it's a lifesaver. Well, I think that the car on I-4 is, is a great concern. I think the areas in my spiritual life, I think the areas in my relationships, I, I think that that's an area in my life that I need blind spot detection even more. And I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful that, that God has a number of plans for blind spot detection. Number one it's, is the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, right? And if we'll listen to the voice of God in our life, if we'll, if we'll listen to the conviction of, our Holy, of the Holy Spirit that says, Ed, what well, says Ed to me? Hopefully it doesn't say Ed to you, uh, unless your name happens to be Ed. Um, but it says, Ed, don't do this. Ed. 
I want you to, I want you to turn in this direction. Ed, I, I want you to keep your conversation in check. Ed, don't watch that. Uh, I had to, this past week, I had to travel to Chicago for, um, for a, a meeting. I, I was told that it was an important meeting that I really needed to be at. And um, going to the meeting, I discovered that it was a complete waste of time. I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but, um, but I, I spent, spent two days that was of absolutely no value. And uh, so I was kind of irritated. And uh, I got on the plane to fly back to Orlando Wednesday morning and had all kinds of work and all kinds of study that I needed to do, but my mind wasn't in a good place to be in the Word. Um, and so, uh, so I was just sitting there, and I was, I was listening to, to music on the headphones. And, uh, and in the seat in front of me, on the airplanes now, a lot of the newer planes, they've got these video screens in the seat, right? And an individual was watching a movie, and uh, it was not a good movie. And, and it, I, was, I was fascinated by how much I was compelled to, tempted to, watch that screen, right? I actually caught myself, a couple times I caught myself looking at that video screen. Judge me if you want. Okay, but I found myself watching that video screen. Now, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't um, Naked Bodies or anything like that. It was, it was, a, it was a movie uh, that was, it just, it just had a very dark theme to it. Um, you know, dead people killing undead people and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and so, you know, I saw this and instantly in my spirit, I knew this is, this is not a good thing. This is not something that you should allow into your, into your mind because you can't unsee things, right? But it was amazing to me how, how, how much I was compelled to watch these images. I, I couldn't hear the sound, right? I couldn't do any of that, but I still was compelled to, to watch those images. And I, and I actually, I, I finally, what I did is I had to, I had to kind of move over as much as you can in a in a 18 inches of seat, I had to kind of move over and kind of lean over in the seat to where I could even, I wanted that, that screen out of, my, out of my peripheral vision, right? Uh, to where I couldn't, I worked real hard to make sure that I could, I could obscure it from my view. And, and as, I, as I sat there, I thought, you know, Ed, how much of this stuff do you take in and you don't even realize it? just because the environment that's around you. It's, it's a blind spot. What, what is it that, that, that pulls us into these situations where, where our blind spots can impact us? Well, in 2 Timothy, if you, if you, I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And, and I believe this. I believe that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I, I believe there's uh, about four verses there that, that show us what it is that fuel the, fuels these blind spots in our life. And, and as we recognize what fuels the blind spots, then it, it positions us to where we can respond to it, right? To where we can take a posture that that complements our relationship with God and, and protects our, 
our testimony. And not just protects our testimony, but also keeps us in a, in a, in a, in a framework, in an emotional and mental framework that God wants us to have. Right? Because God wants us to walk with uh, love. He wants us to walk in joy. He wants us to live a life of peace. He wants us to be able to function with patience. But it's these things that come into our blind spots that will rob us of the Spirit-filled life. And God doesn't, God doesn't want that for you. And, and, and here's what I'm convinced. I'm convinced that we don't want that for ourselves. What is it? What is it that fuels the, the, the blind spots? And, and how, do we, how do we deal with that? Well, let, me, let me give this to you. I want to give it to you real quickly this morning. First, here's what we see in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 2. It says this. It says, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. And, and when I read those descriptors in, in 2 Peter 3, 2, here's what I see. I see uh, a posture of self-centeredness, a posture of self-centeredness. Me, 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 me. And, and let me offer you this, that being self-centered comes in a lot of different forms, right? There, there is the self-promoter. The self-promoter, I don't know if you've ever been around this person or maybe you've been this person, but the self-promoter, that's the individual that every time you're around them, you feel like they're giving you uh, their resume, right? Let me tell you what I've done. Let me tell you what I've accomplished. Let me, let me tell you about all of the successes in my life. Let me tell you how cool I am. And, and, and by the way, the self-promoter, any story that you tell about yourself, they're going to tell a story better. Okay? And, and that, even includes, that even includes like negative things that have happened to you or, or fails that you have had. Well, you know what? I was riding my bike down the street and you know what? I wasn't paying attention and I hit a speed bump and I flew over the handlebars. Well, that's nothing. I One time I was riding my moped down the street and I hit a speed bump and it flew me off the moped so, so dramatically that I hit an overhead sign. Okay, you laugh, but can I tell you, that actually happened to me one time. Not, not, the, not the hitting the overhead sign. Somebody using that as a story. And, and you're standing there and you're going, excuse me? Right? But we, 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 we can, it's, it's, listen, it's real easy for us on some level to be that person, right? To be that, to be that self-promoter. Okay, um, how, how, about, how about that self-pity, right? Well, if you only knew the trouble that I had in my life, right? We begin to sound like, remember those characters on uh, the television show Hee Haw? Doom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, right? Relentless misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And does any, nobody else here remembers Hee Haw, do you? Come on, help me out a little bit, church. Right? And so that issue of that issue of, of the self-promoter, the, the self-pityer, the, the collector. Anytime that our focus is is on us, right? We think more about us than we think about the, the world around us. We focus more on us than what's happening around us. We try to um, to get for us more than that around us. It's, it's, 
it's a natural human ba- battle, this issue of self and, and being, being self-focused, being self-centered. And, and here's what Scripture says. It says that each one of us should look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. Right? We're, we're going to be, I, I think we're, we're naturally wired to protect ourselves. It, it's just, it's, it's instinctive. Right? Here's the thing. If, if, I were to, if I were to take this iPad today, and Mark, if I were to take this iPad, and if I were to just whip it at your head, okay, you're naturally, you're going to respond. Why? Because it's instinctive to be self-protecting. Right? It's, 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 in, it's instinctive to be self-feeding. And it's instinctive to be self-promoting. It's, it's not that we shouldn't do anything for ourselves, but when it becomes the priority, when it becomes a, a, an exclusive thing, that's when it becomes very dangerous. And that's when we, we begin to we begin to lose sight of, of that which is around us. And we, we become this me, 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 me. But what about me? But what about me? Posture of self-centeredness. The, the Scripture goes on. It says this. I'm gonna, it, it, verse number two, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. And, and when, I, when I see how this, how this commentary, it, it shifts from talking about being self-centered Two, lacking discipline, lacking self-discipline, uh, a lack of control. L- listen to this again. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good. It, you know, it, it, it can creep up on us right? That issue of being unforgiving. Well, listen, I've, I've, I've forgiven him, but I'll never forget what he did. Does that, does that ring kind of hollow for you? Right? Yeah, you know what? I don't have any problem with her as long as she stays out of my face. Brutal. It's it's a, it's an issue of a of a of a, of a lack of a lack of discipline, and and here's what that feeds. Look, look at how this verse goes on. Okay. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. See, self-centeredness always seems to put us in a place where there's self-discipline, a lack of self-discipline, a deficit of self-discipline. 
And where there's a deficit of self-discipline, it's real easy for us to fall into the trap of self-indulgence. And we, we, don't even, we don't even see it. And, and even when we're, even when we have this, this connection or this supposed connection with God, because understand, when, when, when Paul is writing to Timothy, in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, what Paul's talking about is Paul's talking about people that are connected to the church. He's talking about He's talking about folks like you and me. And we know this because of what it says in verse 5, that they have a form of godliness but deny its power. So let me read this to you again and recognize that this is a verse that refers to church people. This is a verse that we need to honestly, not defensively, but we need to honestly ask the question, does it apply to me? Or maybe a, better, maybe a better question would be, to what degree does it apply to me? Because I won't speak for you, I will speak for myself. I think this speaks to me more than what I like. I think there's more of these qualities that I see in 2 Timothy chapter 3 I think there's more of these elements in my life than I really want to admit. I think oftentimes I don't see them. I think they're a blind spot for me. But I think with, with, with a little bit of Holy Spirit blind spot detection, I start to recognize these things are in the periphery of my life. Maybe they're not the main part of who I am. Maybe they're not the main part of what I do. But they kind of they live in the shadows of my life and, and have have impact, have influence. So let me read this to you again. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, Conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. God, speak to my heart in this moment. Let, let the blind spot detection of the Holy Spirit illuminate the areas in my life. And God, not just me, but for every person here. And I thank you, God, that you're not in the condemnation business, that it's not your way to make people feel bad or feel guilty. But God, I think it's so great that you're in the conviction business, placing within people a, a, a desire, an, an earnestness to change. To, to have victory, to, to get better. What, what, do I, what do I do with the, with the blind spots in my life? Well, I, I'm, I'm convinced that, that God gave to young Timothy and, and, and to us through the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, I believe that God gave the answer. 
Let me, let me, let me show you. Just, and, and actually, it's, it's, it's actually in the previous chapter, chapter 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to highlight uh, four, uh, uh, four scriptures real quickly. Number one is this. We need, to, we need to build a foundation of wisdom. Look what it says in the 16th verse. It says, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. You know, if you, if you hang around with me very often, you will, you will hear me say uh, some things repeatedly. Uh, and and I, I do that for a number of reasons. I, I do that, uh, number one, because they're just, they're, they're truisms that are pretty important to me and that, that I want to uh, share with others. Um, I do it second because, quite honestly, we're all creatures of habit and we all have things that we say all the time. We just don't really recognize it. But one of the things that I say all the time, and, and it, it resonates with me, I, I wish I could remember where I got it from because I would, I would offer uh, the credit of the quote to the person who originated this, but because I can't remember where I got it from, I'm going to claim it as my own. And, 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 and the statement is this, is that a wise person speaks because they have something to say, a fool speaks because they have to say something. And we live in a time where everyone seems to think that they have to say something. And the result is we say some of the silliest things. I, uh, I recently had a, a post that I put on social media. And I, I, don't, I don't engage in a whole lot of the junk that's going on, um, but but from time to time uh, feel uh, compelled uh, to, 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 to respond. And, uh, and so I, I put a post on social media uh, about the whole controversy of standing or not standing for the national anthem. And, and, and here was the statement that I made. I said this, I said, you know what? Um, instead of everybody crying about and making an issue about uh, their rights, how about we do what's right? Okay? So hold on. Before you clap, let me explain my posture to you. My deal is this. I'm tired of hearing people who are upset about people who didn't stand. And I'm tired about hearing people say, well, that that's their right to stand. I think that we're arguing about something that is so petty in a world where we have People that are devastated by earthquakes, devastated by wildfires, devastated by hurricanes. How is it that the dialogue of the day is whether or not somebody should stand or kneel or what for the, for the national anthem? I, I don't get it. Let's be a people that instead of talk, 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 we actually do the right thing. Let's do the right thing. Okay? Let's, 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 let's deal with the real problems in this world. L let, me, let me let you in on a, a little secret. There's a massive amount of prejudice in the world today. Okay? There's a massive amount of social tension. There's a ma massive amount of, of, of prejudicial issues. And if we get sidetracked by arguing about these things, we, we lose the real focus 
And, and I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that the enemy loves to use subversion and distraction. And I'm not going to get pulled in to these arguments and lose sight of what we have to be doing. We have to be responding to folks that have real need. And so, do you want to know what I'm concerned about today? I'm not concerned about what happens at 1 o'clock this afternoon and whether or not an NFL, NFL player will exert his constitutional right of free expression. Whether you agree with their free expression or not, okay? By the way, I'm not concerned with how you, how you use your free expression to say whether or not you agree with their decision or not. Okay, God bless you. If you want to engage in that, go for it. Let me tell you what I'm gripped by. I'm gripped by the fact that I live in the number seven most unchurched city in America. I live in the number four most de-churched city in America. And red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. And I want all of my city, and I want all of my county, and I want all of my state, I want all of my nation, I want all of my world to come to know Jesus. Amen. So I'm, I'm going to avoid godless chatter. Because those who engage in it become increasingly ungodly. Let's focus on that which is really important. Right? And here's what I know. There's somebody here in the room today, there's somebody who will listen to this via live stream who's going to be offended by what I just said. Don't major in the minors. Don't miss the point. Okay? I'm not speaking against the flag. I'm also not criticizing the person that chooses to kneel at the national anthem. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying help a world connect with Jesus. We're losing, we're losing the real fight because of these things that are in our blind spots. It brings tears to my eyes every time I think about the fact that the church on any level is connected with hate. I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand it. And I think that a lot of it is a result of this, right? This chatter, 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 okay? So let's, let's live our lives not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Man, Paul got it right when he said that, didn't he? So build on a foundation of wisdom and bring righteousness to the forefront. Look what it says just a few verses later. In verse 22, it says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. You want to deal with the blind spots in your life? Here's the way to do it. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and and peace. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. That's it. See, the wisdom of the word works. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. God, as it relates to how I am with you, I'm going to pursue right standing with you. I want my life to be in the right place, exactly where you want me to be. 
God, I, I want to live a life of faith. And in my horizontal relationships, I want my vertical relationship to be, to be marked by righteousness and faith. In my horizontal relationships, I want my horizontal relationships to be evidenced by love and peace. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Listen, God's Word works when you apply it. That's the reason why we have to not simply be hearers of the Word and so deceives our, deceive ourselves, but we have to be doers of the Word. Beware of the distractions. Listen to this. I love the next verse, verse number 23. This is what Paul wrote to Timothy. It really sounds like something that I would say, okay? This, is, this sounds like an edism to me. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. <laughs> Isn't that great? Come on now, that's one of the most practical scriptures you'll ever read. Don't have anything to do with stupid and foolish arguments. Because you know they produce quarrels. And here's number four. Here's the last one. Be gracious to others on the journey. It's two verses later. It says, those who oppose him he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. You know what? In our lives, we're going to be around people that have a difference of opinion than, than us. And in our lives, we're going to run into people that are dealing with their own blind spot issues. And, and here's what God says through Paul's letter to Timothy. Be gracious to them. Don't be critical. Don't be judgmental. Don't beat them up. Don't crucify them. Here's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to gently guide. We're supposed to gently restore. We're supposed to gently renew. The church should not be known for anger or hatred. You should not be known for anger or hatred. But we need to avoid foolish chatter. Not just foolish chatter, foolish activity. That which I allow my mind to see through the eye gate, that which I allow my mind to hear through the ear gate. Focus makes all the difference in the world. I learned this in, in driver's ed. I learned 10 and 2. Remember that? How many of you drive this way? Yeah, three of you do. Okay. I see you pulling out of the church parking lot with that hand over the steering wheel, right? Ten and two. I also learned this. When you're going to make a lane change, turn on your blinker, rear view mirror, side mirror, turn the head. Rear view mirror, side view mirror, turn the head. You know what I'm asking you to do today? I'm asking you to take a moment and just go, okay, God, I'm running so hard this way. I just want to take a moment and pause and go, what's in my blind spot? Anger. Lust. Greed. Greed. 
selfishness. God, what's, what's in my blind spot? Unforgiveness. Bitterness. Prejudice. Fear. God, what, what is it that maybe isn't in the center of my existence, but it's living in the shadows and it's keeping me from the joy that you have for me and it's keeping me from being all that you want me to be. God, let, let at a spirit level, let blind spot detection work in my life. You came into God's house today yesterday you didn't intend to but you sat down at that computer you you found yourself drifting towards websites and images that you know you should not be looking at and to some degree you kind of feel like you're stuck you you wouldn't call yourself a a porn addict. Oh, it's not something that I do all the time. It just I just do it occasionally. Yeah, it's a blind spot. You're you're normally a, a nice guy. In fact, most people think of you as a nice guy. But this week, when you tried to return something to the hardware store and they said, you can't return it if you don't have a receipt. And you would be embarrassed if that store clerk were to greet you after church today. I understand that, that, that on, a, on a large level that, that you don't have an anger issue. living in the shadows. It's in, it's in your blind spot. You, you perceive yourself as a, as a relatively generous person. But the idea of going beyond your normal giving pattern, oh, I, I, you're, not, you're not greedy. It's just this issue of, of concern over stuff, it, it lives in your blind spot. You've been faithfully married for over 20 years. And yet, without even realizing it, your eyes regularly wander. You're not a cheater. But you've got this issue in your blind spot. And you don't see it. You don't see your blind spot issues. I don't see my blind spot issues. 
There is no one in this room that doesn't have them. In fact, if you sit here and you think you don't have any blind spot issues, can I let you in on a little blind spot issue you have? Yeah. And so, this is my prayer this morning. Whether you're here as a lifelong Christ follower, here as a seeker just going, I want to check out this church and God thing, and maybe you even came as a skeptic today. Man, if you're here as a skeptic and you question all of this, I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am that you're here. Because I know how God's going to reveal himself in in a really cool way to you. But even for you, if you just considered a moral lesson today, how about you give a moment and allow God to speak to your blind spots? Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.